Mia Sarah is a soul-stirring artist and songwriter with hypnotic vocals that draw you into her cinematic soundscape. On top of that, she is also the one you want to call when you need help with vocal production and arranging. Welcome, Mia. How you doing? Hello, I'm good. Thank you so much for inviting me. I'm so excited. You took part in a TikTok challenge where you had the fans send you random word prompts and you spontaneously created songs around it. And, you know, I, I kind of must admit, I got choked up, you know, with the song about the socks, you know. <laughs> That's not what I thought you were going to say. <laughs> that one was fun. In the one with the barbecue, I think you, you got to take that one the next step. I know you have, I think it was the chorus there, but th I think uh -huh. there's a really good song in there. I feel like so many people um, were commenting on ones that I did not think needed to be full songs. Like you need to make the rest of this. Like it yeah. started off like a fun thing. I, uh, the first one that I did was about onion rings. Cause people, I just asked mm. them to send me random yeah. words. And it was more of like a songwriting exercise for me to be able to just like make something really cool. And I'm such a perfectionist. So I think it helped me with like working on not feeling like everything had to right. be perfect yeah um, yeah a lot more fun with my creativity so when i did the onion rings one i got comments on that one too where people were like this could be a whole song i'm like who would mm. buy a song about but you know people are enjoying it so it's fun no, but truly the song about saipan actually that one was getting me kind of choked up can you tell me the story behind that one yeah so i had this guy that was commenting a lot on my tiktok just very very supportive stuff mm -hmm. um and after everyone, I usually put a, a screen that says like comment songs or comment uh, words that you want me to use. Right. And he said, like, um, I'm from an island. Like if you could write a song about like the island that I'm from, he didn't give me mm. any sort of details or anything like that. But he was mm. like, I moved out here and I miss it. Like if you could write a song about that, I would really love it. And I was just really touched by like just the idea of being so far away from home, especially a home in my mind that's like so beautiful. He said he's from right. St. Anne. Um, and so that's kind of like where that stemmed from when I had that chord progression, I felt like it sounded very like, you know, peaceful and mm. Island like, so that's yeah. what made me write that song. And that's honestly, that's my favorite TikTok because he loved it so much that I was just, it was emotional for me too. Yeah. You had me feeling like I missed my home you know, on an Island, but then I remembered I'm, I'm from the Bay area, so I'm not really from an <laughs> Island. <laughs> yeah. But I just think it's that universal uh, feeling of home. And then, you know, you have all those images of the island and things like that. Where, where's home for, for you originally? Where did you uh, get your start? So I grew up in Orange County. Um, nice. I've been in Orange County basically my whole life, but we just moved to the L.A. area. So I have a lot more access to work now. <laughs> it's mm -hmm. a lot closer. So uh, we've been in the L.A. area for maybe three or four months. This is like very, oh. very new for us. Nice. And uh, how did you get started with music? Um, so I've been singing since I was old enough to make sound. My mom used to sing Twinkle Twinkle Little Star to me as a baby and I would sing it back to her. Mm, that's my jam. Um, so, literally, it was my jam. <laughs> um, and I used to have like, this little karaoke machine. I was singing songs like Hit Me Baby One More Time, Britney Spears, okay. and yep. Say My Name, Destiny's Child. So I was always very musical growing up, but I didn't start taking singing seriously until I started uh, with like vocal lessons. I was probably like 12 or 13. Okay. Um, and then I was doing that for a couple of years and I was in the choir at school and I was so interested in music and I started writing music when I was 15 started recording when I was 16 and it's just been this mm. snowball then. nice what kind of yeah. uh, musical phases have you been through oh, 
so many phases. I was very much into like alternative, like rock music. When I was younger, I was really into, um, Ashley Simpson has an album that I used to just, it was like my favorite album when I was six years old. Um, my mom has videos of me like dancing around in the kitchen to Ashley Simpson. I really love Maroon 5 also at six years old, that album that has, um, this love that, that album. Yeah. The the Um, first big one. Yeah. 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 That was like my favorite. I had a big Coldplay phase, which I still love Mm -hmm. Coldplay. Um, I was really into a band called One Republic with Ryan Tedder, who's like one of my favorite songwriters of all time growing up. I was very into like emo like indie Mm -hmm. style music especially growing up as a teenager i was listening to stuff like the 1975 rock band called catfish and the bottle men then as i started getting older Mm -hmm. i feel like the oldies started to i started to realize how good old music was because i used to be that Mm. kid that was oh dad like why are you always playing 94 7 the wave like (laughs) i didn't like it because it was my dad's music um but then i started getting older and i rediscovered africa by toto and like all of these things Mm, so um, yeah, started to infiltrate 70s and 80s music. And I've been a Michael Jackson fan my entire life. So oh, yeah. that's, that's another one. Do you feel like you were you would fit in in a different era like sometimes? Or do you feel like you're set for this moment in this era? Um, I feel like... I could say yes to both. Like, I feel like I would definitely musically fit into like the seventies and the eighties, just that, Mm -hmm. I don't know, that pocket and that wave is so um, inspirational for me and influences my music and the style of writing that I'm doing right now. But then I also am glad that we do live in this time because we do have things musically now that we didn't really have then, you know, it's timing, it's different things. So um, I'm glad that I'm living in 2021 and I have access to seventies and eighties music. I Mm -hmm. can do like TV wonder style song, but still have 2021 music around it, you know? So I think right. uh, just being able to pull from everything is what makes music fun for me. That's cool. What's your songwriting process like? Um, I feel like it's different every time, but uh, mm. something that has kind of always been, has always started the process is, is the sound. So mm. I am very much informed by the the music. The music kind of tells me what the songs are about. I'm not really a um, lyric first person. So mm. like I'll bust out my guitar and kind of noodle around and find a chord progression. And the same thing, like for the Island song, when I, when I found that chord progression, it felt to me like I wasn't setting out to write that Island song that day, but it right. felt to me like, this sounds like something that would be played on an Island. And then that's what told me uh, what the rest of the song was going to be about. So that's kind of how I work now with my guitar. And then when I'm in studios and I'm in sessions and I'm working to tracks and loops and things like that, it's just like, well, what does this feel like for me emotionally? And how Mm. can I write to that emotional feeling? Sounds like you're following the music and, and where it takes you. Definitely. How did you transition into producing vocals? It was a total accident. I (laughs) like never set out to be a vocal producer, but I was working on this song and um, I had someone featuring on the song. He's a rapper. He's super amazing. He's called Hop. Um, Mm. And like we were working in the studio and I was like, well, when you do this, like, why don't you try this? And why don't you try that? And I was giving him suggestions because I just like wanted some specific things for the song. And Raj, who's the engineer that was um, engineering the session was like, you could be a vocal producer. Mm. Light bulb goes off. All the things that you're giving him, you could totally do this. And I was like, 
Yeah. It, it just like kind of came out of nowhere. And right. I um, was thinking about it and was like, Oh, you know, I really, really appreciate as a singer in a booth, having somebody who understands a song mm. separate of me to be able to be like, right. try it like this, try it like that. Because I feel like as a singer, sometimes, um, like, you know what you want things to sound like, but it's very hard, like being one person and trying to figure out how to accomplish everything you want to accomplish or like, you know, one ear, you don't know sometimes if things sound good or if they don't sound good. So um, having somebody point that out, having Raj point that out and be like, you should totally look into vocal producing. There are a lot of people that need it. And there are a lot of people that would really appreciate it. I was like, oh my goodness. And it opened up this whole new world for me. That's awesome. What are the keys to bringing out like that amazing vocal performance? Um, so I found a, a few things because I vocal produced for um, different artists and I feel like every artist is different. Um, so one of the main things that goes across the board for everybody is always making sure that the artist is comfortable. There's mm. like, you are not going to get a good vocal out of somebody who's insecure or uncomfortable right. or shy or feels like there's too much happening in the room or anything like that. Because I think that my experience in the booth and, and just my experience of recording so young and like not knowing what I was doing at 16 when I was first starting to record really helps me to understand like what somebody that's in there needs. So one of the main things that I try to make sure of is that the person is comfortable. They can hear themselves well, everything is okay. good with the sound and that when mistakes are made, it's not like a huge deal. And that sounds like something that wouldn't be like such a big deal to make sure of. But I realize like people, especially singers, because we're very performative, you know what I mean? Like mm -hmm. we're used to being on stages. Most of us we're used to like performing for an audience and like yeah. trying to get a reaction or whatever. So if you make a mistake, especially in the booth where everything is so intimate and you can hear every single little, little thing that you do, yes. it's very easy to get insecure really fast. Um, mm -hmm. And so I always try to make sure like when things aren't right, it's like, okay, let's redirect and let's give you a solution to help fix the problem. So um, I think that's a really big thing, just making sure that people are comfortable and not super fixated on their mistakes. Mm -hmm. um, I think also giving people the tools to accomplish whatever sound that I'm trying to make them do, you know? Okay. So if I'm like, Oh, it sounds really nasally and I want it to be more round and darker. I'm not going to say it sounds nasally and I want it to be round and darker. I'm going to say, drop your jaw because I know uh, if you drop okay. your jaw, it's automatically going to not sound nasally or the other way around. If it's too like throaty and weird, I say smile when you sing it, you know? Mm. So I think another thing that's really, really important is not overcomplicating the thing that you're trying to tell somebody to do. Like I kind of have this thing in my head where I'm like, I don't want to be um, talking to the person for five minutes before every take. So if there's yeah. something that I want them to fix, I try to keep it short and sweet and simple and we work until we get it. I like that. Yeah. How do you, how do you deliver feedback? You know, I'm a music producer also, and mm -hmm. sometimes it's tough, you know, cause artists are sensitive, you know, mm -hmm. vocalists, you know, mm -hmm. you're putting your whole heart and soul into the performance and your, your body is your instrument. Yeah. So how do you deliver that feedback for someone who delivers maybe what they thought was the performance of their life <laughs> in your <laughs> mind, you know, they're sharp and, and they're offbeat. And then mm -hmm. you, how do you come in there and, and say, Hey, you know, I think, uh, the way that I approach it, I feel like I do have a little bit more leeway to be, uh, 
more specific and I don't want to say picky, but just like Mm. precise with the things that I'm asking for, because the artist knows that I'm coming in as a vocal producer, you know? So I feel like artists can sometimes feel a way if they're like singing and an engineer that they feel like isn't a singer (laughs) is like, you're on their side. Exactly. You're Um, one of them. Exactly. I feel like having that understanding just between each other from the beginning, like they know that I'm coming in to try and help them get the best quality vocal that they can possibly get. And I think that one thing that artists just helping artists to realize that it's not a live performance. And if Mm -hmm. you feel like you just have the take of your life, that's great. We'll keep that one. Why don't you try it my way though? You know? So I think that just helping people to understand like is really not, um, like one and done, you know what I mean? Like it's not Mm -hmm. this huge deal for you to try things. I always try to get artists to understand, like we're trying to get the best of everything. If you feel like that's the best, that's great. There might be amazing things in it, but there also might be amazing things that we can accomplish if we try this method. So, um, the way that I see it is more, instead of like shutting people down when they feel like something is great and I don't feel like it's great. It's more like redirecting. Redirecting. So that's okay. how, yeah, that's kind of like the, the goal that I see. So if, if an artist does a take that they think is great and I know that it's pitchy, I'm like, okay, we're going to keep that take, um, and keep that same energy and keep that same emotion, but just think a little bit about your pitch. And so we keep the take and we do the next one and maybe we can still take things from the first one and we can comp it together. So that's another thing that like, as a vocal producer, it's really, really fun for me to work with the engineers comping together the vocals, like as we're going. So the artist can hear, like we're, we're trying to accomplish the same thing. You know, the artist wants the best of their voice to be on the song and I want the same thing. So, um, yeah, I think just redirecting is, is always my goal. I found it challenging sometimes when, um, you know, maybe they are singing in tune and, and, and they're on beat and everything, but they're not, they're not putting that emotion into it sometimes. Mm-hmm. So how do you get them to like, Hey, you know, you, we need to feel it though. How do you get them to, to really emote and, and bring it? I think, uh, that's something that also comes with, uh, comfortability and, and, and level of comfort for people to go to that vulnerable space, depending on what type of song it is or what they're talking about or what the song means to them, they have to be really, really comfortable. So I think Mm. sometimes like assessing if there are too many people in the room, you know, if they're uncomfortable with the fact that they feel like they're performing for a bunch of people, um, you can, talk to them separately of being in the booth. Like, what does this song mean to you? What did you write this song about? How did you feel when you wrote the song? Mm-hmm. Um, and then I think another thing that can kind of help just with the singer, if they're like hitting all the marks, but it just doesn't feel emotional. You can kind of tell people sometimes you don't have to be perfect. You know, you don't have, mm-hmm. don't think about the technical side for this take. That's the fun thing about um, having the ability to comp is if you get a take that's like super emotional after you've told them like not to worry about the technical stuff, but it's like kind of messy, you can still take things from that and kind of interject them. So I think that, um, the main thing would be just making sure your person is comfortable in the booth and then kind of telling them that they can relax a little bit. Cause I'm a super perfectionist and I know that I'm guilty of this being in the booth and being like, mm-hmm. oh, I need to drop my jaw and I need to make sure I'm enunciating and I need to, and the whole time in the take, I'm like a robot because I'm like thinking yeah. about all the things that I need to do to accomplish the vocal being perfect. But this is why we have computers. Sometimes we have like right. a great emotional vocal and we can tweak the pitch if it's a little bit pitchy or we can tweak the timing. It's if it's a little bit off. Um, but there's nothing like capturing somebody 
like at their most vulnerable singing, yeah. you know, something that really means something to them. So I think sometimes telling singers, you can relax for this one. Let's try it. Just not thinking about anything, but what the song it means to you is really good. That's excellent advice right there. Whose vocal <laughs> arranging uh, work are you in awe of? Um, I think it's crazy, like, to be working with people, um, that like I'm in awe of and like we're in awe of each other because actually mm. Raj, the, um, the engineer that I was working with that told me you should totally try vocal producing. He works at the Mike house and he's just like an amazing musician, right. just in general, he's a drummer too, but he also just has like this ear for harmony and harmony placement that is insane. So I feel like every time I get in the booth, he vocal produces me and I learned so much from him because I feel like he's very creative with choosing harmonies and choosing things that like the listener wouldn't expect. So he's one that I'm always really inspired by even just being in the booth. I'm like, ah, like next time I vocal produce, I need to do A, B, and C just from the way that he works. So. Mm. So you're learning from him how to deliver your next feedback or it probably puts you back in that that artist mindset and helps Definitely. you re- reverse engineer things. What's, uh, what's the most important lesson learned in your music career? Um, I feel like there's so many, but I feel like the thing that I'm kind of focusing on right now is just allowing my music to grow with me. You know, we, um, grow and we change so much and just having the music be reflective of of where I'm at in my life. Every single time I sit down to write a song, honesty is like the most important thing to me as Mm. as a songwriter, because it's the thing that as a listener, I appreciate the most, you know, and I feel like an artist kind of like stuck their neck out and like said something that was uncomfortable or, um, you know, just was really real. I really appreciate that. So that's something that I really focus on as a songwriter. What's, what's your ideal kind of vision, you know, your, for your career? What would you like that to look like? Um, so I really, really want to, I have so many things I want to do. I am working on my project right now. So I'm very excited to be putting out a body of work that's happening. Nice. Um, and just, I've been writing for a lot of other people and I'm just excited, nice. hopefully, some placements and to just just work on uh, some other things outside of what I'm doing because um, I really have a passion for songwriting and just the creativity of being able to you know go anywhere with songwriting I feel right. like it's such a special thing so um, I really want to work on other people's projects and write for other people um, and I would just like to grow my skills as a vocal producer um, I've been working a lot doing a lot of vocal producing for different people and I feel like it's always a fun thing for me because it's the newest thing that I've been doing and it's very it very much takes a different part of my brain than yeah. writing songs and being an artist is very much like the analytical kind right. of like perfectionist part of my brain which I don't really get to um, focus on as much unless I'm like mixing stuff or working on my own vocals. So it is like very exciting for me to be able to work with different people. So I would like to grow that skill and work with more artists and learn from more artists because every single time I sit in a room and vocal produce somebody new, everybody just has a different way of singing. And there's always like a different way of communication for each person. So, um, if I could like grow that skill and vocal produce for more people, I'd be happy. 
That's so cool. You're developing your own kind of niche. Um, you know, there's so many producers out there and beat mm -hmm. makers, but vocal producer, you know, mm -hmm. Hey, we know there's some out there like, uh, Ku Corel who d works with Rihanna and, um, but yeah, you yeah. could be the next, <laughs> next big thing with the, the vocal production. I hope um, so. so fun. What activity has been the best use do you, you think of your time in building your career? Um, right now, I think that collaboration has been really pushing me in a way that I, uh, haven't been pushed in a long time. I, I have always written all of my songs by myself. It's just always been me, like my last two singles, everything. Um, I write by myself with my guitar and it comes straight from the heart. I've always been right. so uh, like, it has to be me. I have to be honest. Um, and then I started opening up last year to more collaboration and working with more people and learning from more people. And it's just been something that I feel like is propelling me forward because there are so many things that other people bring that you wouldn't even like think right. of, you know, working with Raj as a producer and an engineer, and he's also the owner of the studio, um, I found out that I could vocal produce, you know what I mean? Yeah. So I think that um, just welcoming collaboration and trying to surround myself with people who I feel like have things that I don't have, I feel like that's so, so important to mm. uh, just like as a creative, surround yourself with people who you think are like better than you. <laughs> you yeah. know what I mean? Like that's so important because it really pushes you to be a stronger writer, to be a better singer. Every time I get around my friends and around my, just like colleagues and teammates, I'm so, mm. it just makes me want to do better. So I think that's so important. It sounds like you're a real team player and you, you're enjoying the collaboration and, and, uh, demonstrating all the, the facets of your artistry, whether it be writing songs, singing, or helping others. Yeah. Got a, a lot of depth. Yeah. I mean, I'm down for it all. It all kind of satisfies something different mm -hmm. in me. You know, that's the thing that I was saying about the vocal producing is it's so analytical. It's almost like a musical math equation, you know, because right. I have to figure out how to create the sound that I want and how to communicate it to the person in a way that they're going to understand because not everybody speaks vocal coach talk, <laughs> you know, yes. not everybody know what I'm talking about. If I'm like, Oh, use your head voice and squeeze your diaphragm. Like not everybody's going to get right. that. So, um, it's like learning how to communicate and be quick and make a person feel comfortable. And it's a lot of different things. So, um, yeah, I just enjoy all of it. I feel like everything brings something different. And as soon as I'm getting kind of like, um, in a rut in one area, if I feel like, Oh, I've been writing so many songs, I can't think then I can run and do something else. There you go. Yeah. You got, you got options. Mm -hmm. 405. I was listening to that earlier. Tell me about this song. It was, it was clean and it felt me, made me feel like I'm in a movie, um, cinematic, super clean production, Thank great you. vocals. Who produced that one? Um, Michael Nockney produced that. So, mm, uh, great job. Yeah. He's awesome. We uh, produced it together and, oh, there uh, you go. Yeah. It was like my first co-production on something that was mine. Very um, nice. Very nice. So yeah, it was like so much fun. He really was able to capture the feel that I wanted. I'm so specific about feel and about mm -hmm. all the things that I want. And I appreciate working with people who are patient enough with me. To, right. You have a vision <laughs> though. You're going for it. I have a total vision. So Audio like for vision. four or five, 
I was like, you know, I want it to feel like an eighties night drive song. I want it to night feel drive. like the 1975. I want it to feel like this. I want it to feel like that. It was all the whole song just from the beginning felt like driving in the middle of the night. That's, I mean, that's mm. what I'm saying in the song, driving down the 405. Um, so I made like a yeah. Pinterest board. I was like, okay, this is the color scheme of the song. It's purple and blue. And right, here are some right. pictures. <laughs> and then I made a playlist of music where I was like, okay, in this song, I like the drums and this song, I like the feel and the song I like this. And we listened to everything. He looked at everything I asked him to look at. And then we started to build the track from there. So, um, that's like kind of my favorite way to work is just to take inspiration, especially like visually. I feel like Mm. that really informs the music for me, just understanding in my brain, what I want stuff to look like really helps me understand what they sound like, which is, I don't really know why that is, but like the purple and blue has a sound to me. So like when we did the music video, everything was purple and blue and dark because that was always like from the beginning of writing the song. That's what the song was. So that's incredible. Yeah. Now, where are we going to point the new Mia Sarah fans? How, what can we promote? Where would you like to point everybody? Oh, I mean, Instagram is always the best way to keep updated because I'm always posting stuff in the studio or like whatever I'm doing on Instagram. So they can follow me on Instagram at Mia Sarah music. It's M I A S E R A music. Um, YouTube also, all of my handles are the same. So Instagram and YouTube, I would say are the best places to find me. Awesome. Well, thanks Mia. You've been very, very generous in sharing your expertise in, in vocal production and, artistry and um i want everyone to go check out mia her music is incredible for sure artist on the rise that you need to check out thanks so much mia i wish you all the best and uh talk to you later awesome thank you so much all right you got it